0: How's going everyone? It's uh, Kenneth here and it is Christmas morning, so Merry Christmas to everyone, not that I'll be uploading this video today, I don't think, um, but nevertheless I hope you had a good day, whatever it is you're doing with family, friends, whatever, um, and I wanted to speak today about all of our seeds for next year uh, that we bought as well as what we grew this year, um, what kind of worked, what didn't work, and maybe some of the reasons why we think this didn't work. And I also want to use this video as a sort of a platform for people that watch it uh, to give their feedback and say, well, oh, we also grew that and it worked and this is what we think we did right or what we did wrong. Um, And also to give us advice because we might have done stuff completely wrong. Um, As you may know, all of the seeds that we have used, most of them, not all of them, most of them have come from the Real Seed Catalogue and we bought pretty much all of them again this year uh, from there so um you know this isn't sponsored by them or anything like that so i'll give complete honest feedback about what worked for us what we didn't like and what we did like and maybe you can use that to sort of um give yourself some ideas about what you want to buy and what you want to try as well um a lot about what you grow on allotment depends on what you want to eat what you enjoy growing um your little local climate and what works well for you so hopefully um this gives you a good idea okay so what did we grow last year um I don't remember, I mean, I know kind of in the back of my head everything that we grew and um, I've done videos on it as well, so I'll leave them up there or down in the description, wherever, but you can actually go see everything that we bought last year. And if you've watched the videos throughout summer, you would have seen the stuff we planted anyway. But we grew um, like three different varieties of carrots, two different varieties of beetroot, uh, one variety of bush tomato, um, some radish, uh, spring onions, uh, some climbing beans you know just general stuff and a lot of the stuff we grew was what I would say what I would think is generally easy things to grow and like you know courgettes everyone knows we've done a podcast about that and shown how many we actually grew and I think everyone is in the same sort of position when it comes to growing courgettes. Um, We Some of the stuff we grew as well uh, I would say would be a bit more difficult so brassicas I, I don't know about anyone else's experience but I find them quite tricky to grow you know they're quite susceptible to pests and a lot of our brassicas failed this year um for a variety of reasons i think but we might have done stuff slightly wrong anyway i'll get into that so i've got a list here of everything i want to talk about uh what didn't work too well so like i said brassicas we got a variety of kale called sutherland kale and i'm not going to look it up now on the internet it's going to take too much time but uh I think it. I mean, it's from Sutherland, which I believe is quite far up north, so it's used used to really, really cold weather. Um, and if you live in England, you know we had a really, really, really hot summer. Um, and I don't know if that's the reason why it didn't work out that well for us. But we got one picking from it um, when it was still quite small, and it was quite tasty. You know, really nice. Um, You know, you kind of stir fry it down, I didn't eat it raw or anything like that, but um, after that it got really tough and it just wasn't nice at all. The leaves were really big. I I don't know, it just didn't really suit us. Um, I don't think we'll ever, ever grow that again. Um, I've read reviews about people that have said it's absolutely amazing and really, really hardy, which it is, but for for us it just didn't work that well. Um, Again, whether or not it was because of the hot summer or maybe we, you know, just wasn't to our tasting, but that's fine, you know, you're not gonna like everything you grow. in terms of brassicas, something else that d- really didn't work well was the quick-heading calabrese. Now, we were um, really, really looking forward to that because we planted quite a lot, probably like twenty or thirty of them, which meant that we would have enough to take home for a, you know a couple of months or a month at least. Um, and the problem we ran into again, I believe, was because of the heat and com. Or, part of that might have been that maybe we didn't water it enough or water them enough which i think we did Um, you know we watered them almost every day um, or every day sometimes twice a day a bit in the morning and a bit in the evening because it was so hot Um, but what happened with ours was uh, the plants got really big which is kind of typical for that kind of um, uh, variety Uh, the heads of the calabrese got about that big maybe the size of a golf ball uh, at the top and then within a week or so every single one bolted. Without fail, we did not have one. Um, I guess it's because of the heat, like I said earlier, but I'm not 100% sure. So, you know, we still have some seeds left of that, so we'll probably try to grow them again next year because, you know, this, it, this next summer might be slightly different, so maybe we'll have a bit of luck with that. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but, you know, it's a bit of a disappointment. Um, but that's kind of the nature of growing vegetables. You know, it is not always going to work in your favor and because weather is so variable and changes all the time and can change very quickly, you just don't know what you're going to get basically. Um, so hopefully next year we have a bit of, bit a bit more luck with those. Um, a few others that didn't work well. Okay. So, so sprouts again with the brassicas, they were doing incredibly well. And then towards the end of summer, um, we went down to the allotment after for about two weeks and we noticed like this white that looked like ash on them. So we're like, oh, that's weird. Um, because you weren't really supposed to have fires on the allotments at that point. But we went closer and they were basically all covered in fly. Um, like absolutely covered. That's why I said it looked like ash. And, um, we don't know how long they were on there for because, like I said, we hadn't been there for about two weeks. And we managed to get most of them off. Um, they kept on coming back though, like sort of every couple of days. And I'm not too sure if that. Sort of stunted their growth or affected them in in any way, but we just haven't really had much luck with sprouts either. So um, I can't remember the variety we got, but uh, you know the plants were really sturdy, really nice. The Brussels sprouts looked really nice. They got to about that big, you know, so like maybe the size of a marble, a bit bigger than that. And um, yeah, and they just started going a bit weird. Like I can't really explain it. The leaves started opening and they were extending out and. I don't really know you know it might just be our inexperience with sprouts like i've never grown sprouts before so um we'll try them again next year like i said we have also have seeds left over for those um and what we will do to sort of experiment and see maybe it was us maybe it was a pest is actually make sure they're covered um properly you get this stuff called veggie mesh and i used to use it in my garden um and i made a little video about it i can leave that up there as well um, it's super 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 fine and um from what i remember it uh it's supposed to like block almost all pests that you can get, so like carrot fly, aphids, everything. So it blocks everything, butterflies, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it's really, really fine. Still lets water and light through, and that might be um, something that we have to do for the sprouts next year, um, and all of the brassicas maybe, um, to, to prevent any pests on them. Uh, we also grew some arca, which was we were really looking forward to, and unfortunately, um, it. It does does say on on the Real Seed Catalogues website, if you do have an early frost, uh, you shouldn't grow them because uh, they only start forming sort of like halfway through November, the bulbs at least. Um, And we generally don't have early frost here in in Gloucestershire, not that I can remember. But again, the weather's been really, really strange and it must have been sometime like in the beginning of October, I can't remember exactly when. Um, If anything like me, all the damn days sort of blend into each other but we had a really really super cold snap and there was a, a pretty bad frost and then very shortly after all the ocker plants died so when we dug them up at the end of november well no it wasn't even in november it was kind of into december there was loads and loads and loads of okra, but it was again really really small like you know the size of a marble or something like that which is unfortunate you know it's just one of those things um i think if we didn't have that frost we probably would have had a decent crop from them But we have decided not to grow that next year um, just because we don't really want to waste the space on a vegetable that you plant in the beginning of the year and it takes all year to grow. Um, And you you know, the returns aren't that that great. We'd have to grow a fair amount if it was going to sustain all of us or be enough for all of us um, on the allotment. Uh, Some of the other things that didn't do too well were our climbing beans, French climbing beans. Um, Again, I think this is probably down to us. We, we built a climbing frame for them and they're they sort of, I think they're called Telephone, no those are peas. Um, anyway it's a tall a tall growing variety and they got really really tall but they were kind of crowded at the base with a whole bunch of other plants we planted like tomatoes and peppers and chard and things like that. Um, and as a result um, we didn't get many beans, we probably had like two harvests off them which is a bit disappointing. Um, Possibly could have been that we also didn't plant enough. So we only planted one bean plant per stake or string going up. And after reading back on it, you can plant up to two, I think, from what it said, which would have doubled our crop, basically. So we could have had four pickings. Um, Again, it might have just been down to not having the right nutrients in the soil because at one point the leaves did go yellow, Um, which, what is that? Is that nitrogen? Lack of nitrogen? No, no, not nitrogen. I don't know something (laughs) Um, so you know we're still building up the soil we're still putting fertilizer um, like we use chicken organic chicken pellets chicken manure pellets um, obviously compost um, and things like that because when we took the allotment on it was in a bit of a state so maybe next year we need to pay a bit more attention on giving the right nutrients to different plants because we didn't really do much except for the tomatoes Right, we gave them like some tomato grow Um, but again we're disappointed with those unfortunately but we do have some seeds left over. So we'll try those again next year and do it slightly differently and hopefully have a better result. And, um, that's kind of the good thing about gardening. You know, you, you can keep trying things until you find what works for you and what might work for us it might not work for someone else. It might be completely different for someone else because they've got different soil or they've got different pest problems in the area, whatever. It doesn't, you know, it could be any, any sort of factor that changes it. Um, the last Thing we didn't really have. uh, Take all that off. The last thing we didn't really have uh, much success for at all uh, were our sweet peppers, and we got the lipstick variety, I think. Um, Again, really looking forward to those, and we probably had about twelve plants, maybe a bit less. I can't remember. And unfortunately, I think this one was down to us. So we planted them in pots um, using soil and compost, and we, you know, we gave them some sort of liquid feed every now and then. Um, but what would happen was the peppers would get to sort of like a chili size, so maybe what's that like 10, uh, I don't know, 8, 10 centimeters, something like that, three or four inches, and the, the ends, the tips started rotting. I was like, what the hell's going on here? Did a bit of research, and I think it's something called blossom end rot, which is, I believe, and I might be wrong, uh, a deficiency in calcium in the soil. So, again, that's probably our fault. Uh, we just kind of planted them and hoped for the best without really knowing what we were doing. And by the time we started trying to remedy the problem, uh, it was too late. Um, if anyone's got any tips on, on what to do to grow peppers, cause we'd really like to try them again. You know, peppers are amazing. You know, you can use them in a lot of different dishes and things like that. Uh, let us know down below in the comments, but um, it's a real pity because they seemed or they were massively prolific. I mean, there must've been on some of the plants, I don't know, 10, 15 peppers easily, easily, Uh, And like I said, we had about 10 or 12 plants. We would have had hundreds or a hundred or so. Um, And I'm sure if they were growing to the proper size and they weren't rotting and we were picking them, we probably would have had more because the plant would have carried on producing, I think. Um, So just to sort of quickly go over what didn't work well, some of the reasons and the possibilities why they didn't work well could be things like... um, we were growing things in pots like the chilies, maybe, uh, uh, the peppers, maybe we shouldn't have grown them in pots and actually put them directly in the ground. Uh, the weather, it was uncharacteristically hot. In fact, it was probably the hottest summer, uh, since I've lived here. It's been nine years now. Um, or well, at least the hottest l- spell of hot weather in a row. Like I think we had eight, nine weeks or something like that of really hot weather. So that's one of the reasons that some of the pests, uh, the, the um, varieties could have failed and not worked and then there's pests so something i didn't mention was the broad beans ours got completely obliterated by black fly unfortunately and we probably had about 10 broad beans each <laughs> from uh, all, all of the ones we planted but again we've got a few left over of those so we can try those again uh, inexperience so inexperience with growing vegetables that are slightly more trickier need a bit more attention than just things like carrots and tomatoes um, and then us doing something wrong, just like inexperience, experience, you know, um, not putting the right kind of fertilizer down or not looking after the plants properly, whatever it is. Um, but that's all part of the learning experience. So next year, um, some of the things we might try again and some of them we won't. But now that we know what didn't work this year, we can amend what we do next year. And change what we do and experiment and try something else and hopefully it works and if it doesn't we'll just know one other thing that doesn't work okay so uh now on to a bit more of a positive note what worked well (laughs) so the stuff that really worked well would be things that i would consider slightly more easier to grow so uh, we had three varieties of carrots two varieties of beetroot uh, one variety of bush tomato uh, cucamelons uh spring onions radish chilies chard and a few other things um that did exceptionally well i mean we picked our last carrots uh when did we pick our last carrots beginning of december something like that Um, and the truth is we would have actually had more because we planted a whole bed of carrots just in time for them to be overwintered um i can't remember exactly when it was so we had about four rows of of carrots ready to go and they all came up and then all of the leaves got eaten i don't know by what but the funny thing is they were in the same bed that our broad beans were that all got killed or obliterated by black flies. so maybe there's something in that bed i don't know who knows but unfortunately so those carrots didn't make it otherwise we would have had them um, all the way probably into like january you know because we could just pick them as we needed them as long as we sort of cut covered them with some fleece or something like that Uh, Beetroot, again, did really, really well. Um, We've still got some pickled in the fridge that we're kind of eating every now and then. I will say one thing. Out of the two varieties we got, we got sanguina beetroot, which we've actually got again this year. And we got uh, the touchstone gold or whatever. Touch gold. I don't know. The the orange variety. And that one didn't do that well. It seemed to take a lot longer to grow. um, And we didn't get as big bulbs or big beetroots from them as we did with the red ones. Now... We tried a few different ways of planting the beetroot. Um, We did plugs and transplanted them in, and uh, we direct-seeded them, and we uh, sort of, what else did we do? I can't even remember. Yeah, direct-seeded them, plugs, and then in some of the plugs we put two or three seeds, um, or beetroot seeds, but I think there's more than one seed per beetroot seed. I don't know. Anyway, and they all kind of worked well for the red ones but not so much for the the, the orange ones. I, I don't know why, but we decided not to grow them this year. And instead we got the, uh, the albino white variety. I can't remember something like that. Um, to give those a go and see, see what uh, those are like. Um, yeah. So, oh yes. I forgot to say this one here. Kohlrabi. Now, that is a brassica and it, um, we had so much luck with that. We did two, three, two successions and we had, loads and loads and loads of them they grow really really quickly they seem to be massively resistant to pests at least where we were Um, we planted them in two different parts of the allotment as well and one of the parts was the one that was affected by whitefly with the brussels sprouts obviously the kohlrabi were really pulled out the ground by them but uh, the variety we got was azure blue or whatever something like that we've got some more of those uh, for, for next year as well and we're definitely you know safe from this year and we're definitely going to, um, I'd grow those again because they are really, really prolific, easy to grow, grow really quickly. And it's satisfying because you know, you can pick them as you need them. And we probably had kohlrabi at least for a month, maybe even more than that. We're picking them all the time, giving them to friends and family as well, neighbors, things like that. So, um, all of those are, are quite, um, all of those varieties I've just spoken about, quite good to grow. If you, um, have just started growing vegetables have just got allotment you know I think it's kind of important to try grow easier things just to get that satisfaction of seeing stuff grow and knowing that it's actually possible before you jump into the really tricky things that you know it might fail and then you kind of feel oh, you know what's the point and just sort of give it up um, one thing I want to say about the tomatoes now again this might have been down to us all the hot weather uh, we got uh, I can't remember the variety um, got it somewhere, anyway, we saved loads of seeds from them. Um, it was a bush variety and they were pink. Anyway, um, they were really, really prolific, um, but they seemed to take really, really long to ripen. Now, we weren't 100% sure of that, uh, a while that was happening. We looked up online, it said it could be different minerals in the soil and all that kind of stuff, and so we gave it some some different fertiliser, specifically for tomatoes, um, and eventually they did start ripening. But we noticed on a lot of the tomatoes especially the ones kind of at the top and on the outsides the skin started splitting all the way around the top like a little ring or halo um like, oh, what the hell's that you know and it's not like we threw them away because the, the the skin kind of almost stitched itself back together and it left a mark but we still ate them and they were still really really tasty um but it could have been a lack of nutrients again it could have been the fact that we weren't watering them enough um, although I thought we were you know we watered them pretty much every day or every day at least um, sometimes in the morning and sometimes in the evening um, but someone mentioned I can't remember where it was on Instagram or something like that that it could be uh, heat where it just got really hot and they cut the skin splits and then you know um, that's what happens basically so we'll, we'll, we'll grow those again next year and see what happens maybe we have a different result um, the other thing I would mention about those is that they're supposed to be like a plum or heart-shaped kind of tomato. And uh, we definitely had some weird shaped t- shape ones. We had ones that were like that big, like beef tomatoes. We had ones that were slightly smaller, like cherry tomatoes. And then we had a few that looked like they should have looked. Now, I don't know if that's just a normal thing with tomatoes um, or this variety. You know, maybe they're not the, the shape of them isn't that consistent. Maybe it was just us. Again, I don't really know, but we did save seeds from them and we'll try to grow them next year and see what happens. Um, you know, maybe we get a different result, who knows, but, uh, we'll definitely, um, try something a bit different, you know, see what happens. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, before we, uh, before I get on to what we bought for next year, I want to have a quick chat about what we'll grow, which I've kind of mentioned as we've spoken, um, about what we'll grow again next year and it comes down to a couple of things so first first of all um one of the things i think is the most important is growing things that you want to eat and things you enjoy growing um you know that makes sense there's no point in really growing stuff that you don't like or you know you find a pain or a hassle and you don't really want to grow um, you know some vegetables require a lot more work than others so you know if you're growing vining tomatoes you need to you know stake them up as they go uh that's what i'm looking for Keep them supported as they grow up, or you know, uh, uh, turn them around to a string or something like that, or a cane. Uh, you need to cut all the suckers off and prune them, and you know, it's it's a bit more work involved. But if you don't really want to do all of that and you just want to leave stuff to grow, then I wouldn't suggest doing it. I mean, uh, what, what what we're also trying to aim for with what we're growing again is increasing the diversity of the kind of vegetables we grow because. We would like to get to the point where we don't have to buy that much vegetables. That's part of the fun of having a lot, part of the reason of having one um, is being slightly more self-sufficient and having your own locally grown, organically grown, if you want to call it that, vegetables. Um, so the stuff we're kind of keeping from last year are gonna, is going to add to the diversity of the stuff we have this year. So hopefully every week we can go down, we'll be able to eat stuff seasonally, um, pick what uh, what we need for that week and have enough for our own little small families um, to not have to buy that much stuff. So that's what we're aiming for. Now I'm going to quickly shoot off a list of everything we bought this year. I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail for every single variety. If you want to, you can go onto the Real Catalogue website and read about them. We selected some of the varieties for very specific reasons. So. Uh, whether it be for a cold climate or for the space that we have, um, for our preferences, what we like, all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, um, I, they, they all have very specific sort of characteristics, but I'm not going to go through them because this video, uh, which is really going to be relatively long, or podcast if you're listening to this, um, I don't want to make it sort of hours and hours. So, in alphabetical order, I think uh, we have aubergine, uh, albino beetroot. Autumn and winter cabbage. Carrot, uh, which is a dragon purple variety. Uh, Paris pickling cucumber. Um, hot pepper. Onivich, onivich. Something like that. Asparagus kale. Palm, uh, East Frisian palm kale. Uh, a mixed variety of lettuce. Hardy leek. Minnesota midget, which sounds politically incorrect, <laughs> but is a small cantaloupe melon. Um, shallot. uh Hokkaido Winter Squash, Burgess Butternut Winter Squash, which we grew uh, this year and it was amazing. Um, Very easy to grow, very small vines, very prolific. Uh, Victor Winter Squash, early prolific straight neck summer squash. Um, Costoluto Fiorentino (laughs) Vine Tomato, uh, which comes from... Florence I think in Italy and it's kind of like a bumpy kind of beef looking thing it just looked cool and we thought we'd go that <laughs> yeah I think there was another reason as well a sanguina beetroot which is the same variety we grew this year tender and true parsnip golden sweet yellow podded mange too a greek gi- gigantis soup runner bean double red sweet corn and that is it now This list is only limited to the stuff that we can start planting earlier on in the year. Um, What we want to do next year, like I said earlier, is first of all, increase the diversification of the stuff we grow. So we have uh, enough variety of vegetables every week to not have to buy stuff or not have to buy as much stuff. Um, We're trying to grow some really interesting varieties. So let's try to think here. Yeah, so for example, East Frisian Palm Kale, this one over here, can you see that, Um, no no not that one sorry asparagus kale, this one, Uh, that is a hardy green grey kale that has been selected for its profusion of tender shoots in spring, it just looked really interesting, um, so we thought we'd give that a go, Um, we're also trying different varieties to see what works best, so uh, we got Uh, Let's see we got a different variety of chili. Unfortunately, we didn't really save any seed from the chilies that we uh, Grew this year, which is unfortunate. We should have done really because saving chili seeds is really easy But the variety we got is an early and very hot pepper loaded with fruit up to a foot long (laughs) which is insane and two inches wide starting a wonderful pale yellow and ripening through orange to red now The cool thing about these is uh, Lydia wasn't massively keen on really hot chilies, but from what we read on on the website it said that when they are pale yellow they're actually quite mild and as they change colour they get hotter so that's quite cool you know we'll be able to pick them as they change colours which is going to be quite cool and the fact that they are so long means we're going to have abundance of them hopefully if they work well Um, again the aubergine we wanted to try that because it's something we all kind of like it's really diverse in what you can do with it. You can bake it, you can fry it, you can put it in uh, sort of like stews and things like that. Um, And it's just an interesting vegetable to try and grow. Uh, The tomatoes, now I'll speak a bit more about tomatoes later because I've actually bought several varieties, I think six or seven for myself that I'll be trying at home. But obviously I'll We'll use them on the allotment, uh, but that's for a whole, a whole different reason. I'll talk about that a bit later, but we got vine tomatoes this year rather than bush tomatoes. Um, first of all, cause we have some bush tomatoes from the seeds we saved, but we wanted to try grow stuff in the polytunnel or the, what do you call that thing, uh, greenhouse, which we still have not put up. It's becoming a bloody saga. <laughs> We've had it for months now. We are trying to get a weekend we can get the whole thing up. But now that we've got two sort of growing uh, structures, we wanna try grow stuff in there like the aubergines, chilies, and the vining tomatoes rather than have to grow tomatoes outside. Um, as a side note, that's part of the reason we got the bush tomatoes last year. Um, what else have I got here, let's see. Oh uh, yeah, we're also experimenting. So we, we've got a whole bunch of new things to experiment to see what works. So like for example, uh, where have I got them here? Uh, Minnesota midget, the small cantaloupe melon. Now they're a sweet melon, and we don't really have any fruit on the allotment. Um, and we thought it'd be really cool to try. So first of all, they're quite small, so they don't have a, a massively, What well, I think, I don't think they'll have a massively long growing season, because obviously the bigger a vegetable is, the more time it takes to grow. But again, this adds variety to what we get to pick every week. Uh, it's something different, and hopefully we get to save a bit of seeds and you know keep growing them um, in the years to come. Uh, I'm trying to think of something else that was unusual. So the Paris pickling cucumber. Um, we were sort of talking between two different varieties, and the reason we went for this one is kind of like twofold. Is first of all, um, it it's meant for pickling, as it says in the name. And the cool thing about that is you can grow a whole bunch, pickle them, and then you've got gherkins, I guess what you call them pickling cucumbers, for months to come, rather than just having them for the season they grow. Um, the second reason is uh, not everyone likes cucumbers, so um, not all of us down there like cucumbers. Um, so we can use these for pickling gherkins, but if anyone wants to have cucumbers you can actually let these grow bigger and then eat them like cucumbers. It does say though that the skin gets really tough so you'd have to peel them off and you know cut them up like that, which is fine, that doesn't really make a difference, but that's sort of got a dual purpose. So that was quite interesting, we thought we'd give that a go. Um, Uh, We did grow peas last year and that was a bit of a nightmare. Again, I've made videos about that and we had some really crazy weather. And, you know, that was a bit unfortunate. But the one thing I have to say, although the peas were really prolific and they did really well, it is an absolute ball ache. Excuse my language, taking the pods off. And I just don't want to mess around doing that. Um, You know, you can just buy them in the shop frozen and you can get some relatively good quality ones for relatively cheap. And I just find that easier they are way too cheap and life is way too short to screw around trying to take pods off peas. It's just not worth it. So we've got these mange to um, a yellow variety golden sweet because you can just eat the whole thing. And so we're really looking forward to that. Hopefully it'll um, save us a whole bunch of time. Now back to the peas, not to say we're not going to grow them next year because we did save a whole bunch um, and peas are good for the soil. You know, they, is it peas? Well, I suppose any legumes, they kind of um, correct the nitrogen in the soil. So we are growing them again. We're just going to change how we do them slightly. Um, And then we don't all have to have peas. So if one of us wants to text one, week, we can. But we'll have the mange too to offset offset that. Uh, Let me try to see what else. Yeah, so we also decided to... uh, Anymore. We also decided to try grow a bit more winter uh, variety this year. And w- there will still be some more stuff we sort of order maybe May-June for overwintering, um, excuse me, greens especially. So like um, a lot of the Oriental greens are really good for growing over winter. But, you know, it's at the point now in the year we've got nothing on the allotment, except onions and garlic, which we'll only harvest next year. And it, like I said earlier, part of the reason we want to have the allotment is to kind of be a bit self-sufficient. So things like the leek will be a winter vegetable that we grow these next year hopefully we'll have leek to be picking from now until um, 2000, early 2020 same goes for the parsnip um, the shallots and then the winter squash so I mean kale as well you pick over winter I guess um, we did grow this burgess butternut squash and if anyone wants to oh, is that focusing and if anyone wants to try a variety of winter squash um, I would, and you've got a small allotment, I would definitely recommend these. They grow really, really well. They were resistant to all sorts of pests and powdery mildew. Um, and we got a fair amount of uh, squash from them. They're not too big, not too small. They're absolutely perfect. So we're going to grow those again this year. Unfortunately, we didn't save seeds from them. It's one of those things, it's easy to do, um, but we just didn't get around to it. Um, again, I'm not going to explain how you do it. It's all on the website and, and on their list of things when you buy from them uh, the two uh the th- we then we bought three uh, two other kinds of winter squash so victor winter squash and hokkaido winter squash again um we wanted to have those so that there we go Is it focusing yeah we wanted to get more winter squash so we had more variety of food over winter again and um i can't remember i'm pretty sure all of these store pretty well so you know if we get like six or seven each that could last six or seven or eight, nine weeks over winter, as long as we store them properly. Uh, we got, um, the summer squash we got was kind of like a courgette, but it was a different variety, just because courgettes are great, but they, you know, they get a bit boring sometimes, uh, especially when you get trillions of them off one bloody plant every year. So we thought we'd try something a bit different. That's why we got this straight neck summer squash. It kind of looks a bit bulbous at the one end and a bit knobbly, you know, so it's quite interesting um trying to think that's about it really you know i did rail that list off really quickly um i'll try and list them on the video somewhere on the screen um and in the description below so that you can go and look look up go and look up on them and read a bit more but you know hopefully what we have here will increase the diversity of what we have next year like i've said about 500 times already the last couple of things i want to talk about um are again, about increasing diversity. But now that we have two allotments, obviously we've doubled our space and I think we have about 250 square meters, something like that-ish. I have to measure it still, but I think it's about that much, Um, which means we can grow more things like potatoes, onions and garlic, which take a bit longer to grow and take up more space. But it also means that we can plant fruit trees next year. Now, um, the rules I think would vary from allotment site to allotment site. But on our allotment site, you're allowed to have three trees per allotment. Uh, Now that we have two, we can have six. Now, a little birdie told me that um, they aren't massively strict on that. So if you had seven or eight on two allotments, they would kind of turn their nose up and just pretend you didn't. Um, As long as you're looking after your allotment, you're maintaining it and you're spending time there. If you had a whole bunch of trees and were just never there or had two allotments and had 50 trees on them, they might get a bit funny. Um, but we're not hundred percent sure what fruit trees we're going to grow yet. We've got one already, a green gauge that Matt and Katie bought, um, that we've already planted and we've cordoned off an area where we're going to have a few trees specifically. Um, I know I haven't made many videos, but we're going down to the allotment fairly regularly, you know, um, and we're building beds and getting it all ready for next year. And we've got to the point now where we've pretty much solidly planned our second one, where exactly everything's going to go. We do have one big bed. medium-sized bed and four small beds already there but now we've kind of really hashed it out and we've uh, got everything sorted now Um, so yeah hopefully the fruit trees is gonna are gonna increase our diversity as well and the last thing I want to speak about is I mentioned I grew a whole uh, I've got a whole bunch of tomatoes that I'll be growing at home now I'm not just gonna be growing tomatoes at home I've got a whole bunch of other things which I'll speak about in a completely separate video But um, that's like a little project I'm working on next year that will hopefully, um, I'll be able to make extra videos about. Something I've spoken about in the past briefly, I think I mentioned I was building a website, which I've been doing for a while. It's kind of ready. I've got a name for it and everything. Um, I just need to get a logo sorted out. Um, But I'll speak about them more in another video. But that's also gonna, it's part of an experiment, Um, you know, trying to see what vegetables work here and what uh, don't, what varieties work and what don't but um, I'll speak about that in another video. But anyway, um, I know this is really long. If you don't, if you haven't watched it and you've listened to it, that's great, thank you very much. Um, but I really wanted to chat about what worked for us and what didn't because not everything um, is always perfect when you grow vegetables. So I hope you guys enjoyed that video. If you have any questions or comments or feedback, leave it in the comments below because I'd like to hear um, all of your advice and all of your experiences. That's part of why I'm doing these videos. I hope you guys have had a good christmas and have a good new year or have had a good new year whenever you're watching this and i will see you guys next time thank you very much see you later my battery's just about to go dead as well this is perfect timing